Hello and welcome to Reanimated Reanimators. It's episode 300, holy shnikes. Wow. Uh, we we made it. H.A. Conrad's with me. This is Stuart. And um, Kyle's not with us this week, but he might be back for others. If you missed him, uh, Kyle Diaz, a longtime friend of the show, was on last week to talk about What If Zombies uh, and Ashen of the North, two projects that I think we, we all kind of liked a, a fair amount. Yeah. And then, so this week we are moving on to a Netflix film, Blood Red Sky. It's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting conversation too. There's not a huge amount of news this week, but HA, uh, what did you 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 dug something up? What do you think? Well, I mean, this is just following up on you know the the what if uh, train. Everybody got really excited about it and has been excited about it. I guess so much so that. Uh, Mark Millar was teasing some ideas of like a live action version of said uh, series. Um, you know, you and I talked a little bit about this and there's probably like five or six articles about this speculating. And I really do think it's just that is speculation. Yeah, it's I, wishful thinking. I just don't think that there is like, I just, I don't know. I just don't know that there's an appetite for it, but we'll see. I mean, I, and just even in the way that it's teased, I almost feel like they're trying to see if they can get enough people excited about it. So so we'll keep you posted on that, but I'm not totally uh, convinced that this is something that they would do. But then again, you know, it's it's the MCU and, and I, I am always sort of shocked at the amount of content they put out. So um, we would, I, I will reserve judgment until, until we actually see some, thing one way or the other but yeah, anyway I, I, would, I would agree with that diagnosis this is this is um this is like maybe an interest check but also it's just people being like oh but maybe now we can so we'll <laughs> um people weren't totally upset about the the zombie superheroes or something like that but i feel like they might be more upset if it was live action don't you i don't know yeah, I think definitely. And plus, how are you going to get Chris Evans and all these people to be zombie? Maybe they'd be into it, but I, I feel like it might be a, a stretch. Agreed. A couple of shows have come back uh, or come around for the first time, and I wanted to just quickly mention them. The first one is Why the Last Man, which is on Hulu now, or actually I think it's on FX, but Hulu is streaming it. And this is a show that's been in production one way or another for, I don't know, like a decade. Apparently it had a bit of a tortured uh, route to the screen, but it's uh, it aired on the 13th of September. Uh, the first four, first three episodes were all put up um, on Hulu. And, uh, and then it's going to come out weekly after that, which I think is what they did with the boys on Amazon. It's an interesting premise. It's, um, you know, not to, I don't think it's spoiling anything that the conceit is fairly well known. All the men die. Everyone with a Y chromosome all dies pretty much on the same day and not just men, but also all mammals. Hmm. Um, and so when this story was written, um, I guess it was kind of like, OK, all the men are dead. And now the story is going to be about this one guy who didn't die and his pet monkey who also didn't die. Uh, and, and that's like the so that's the focus of the comic book. But in this show in 2021, as opposed to whenever I forget, I don't really know when it was written. Um, but now the story is a lot more about like, okay, all the men are dead. And what does a world of women look like? And what, what do, what are the impacts of all of these um, male presenting people without Y chromosomes? What, what's their role in this new society? Right. Uh, and so I think it's actually taking a, a fairly nuanced and modern take on what was originally kind of a more of like a basic story. 
not super basic, but either way, it's got a lot of end of the world dystopian flavor, which H.A., I know that you enjoy. And so I would uh, put you on notice that I think you should watch it. Oh, I just looked up the the comic and uh, it does sound familiar to me. So I but I don't I have not read it. So um, and it was uh, like in the early aughts and it ran through uh, 2002 to 2008 uh, and it's a Vertigo comic. So definitely so definitely in line with their sort of uh their it, it makes sense that it's a vertigo comment uh comment yeah. so um but um no i mean this definitely sounds interesting to me so i'll definitely check it out your your recommendation i as you know i hold in high esteem so i will i will certainly <laughs> i'll add it to my list of things to watch without bill <laughs> well, it's it's certainly not a zombie show and you know what if you get past the uh, the initial end of the world stuff um, maybe maybe Bill would also really enjoy it. Um, we'll see. Uh, I mean, also the cast. I mean, Diane Lane is is the oh, um, yeah. is like the one of the male uh, the female leads and, and awesome. is doing a, a bang up job. Uh, and the other show that has come back is a Netflix um, series called Into the Night. I believe I talked about it the first time when the first season came out. And it, is, it was the premise there is that the sun is killing everybody and um, you have to stay you have to stay in the nighttime for for it not to kill you in the first season uh was mostly set on a plane um which kind of ties into the movie we're going to be talking about also the premise trying to fly westward and staying in the nighttime so that the sun wouldn't kill you um and like landing and refueling it's uh, different places and what was what made that show very interesting to me was it was very international um they were speaking french and polish and you know uh, and all kinds of different, and German, Italian, and English. Um, and I, I enjoy those sorts of international uh, ensembles. And then this, the story was was entertaining and very, um, very energized. Um, and now the second season starts, and um, their their situation has certainly changed. And like, so I'm I'm just there for it. It's it's a lot of fun, uh, even if all this end of the world stuff can can get a little overwhelming sometimes. Yeah. Well, I will I will definitely check both out. So so thank you for the recs. Um, but um, without further ado, uh, I think we should talk about Blood Red Sky and celebrate our 300th episode in style. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how you do that. Um, but this is a horror film, um, more of a vampire theme, uh, directed by Peter Thorworth, um, and it was released in like late July. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, this is um, it's a German film, or at least that's the the main um uh but th there's also some english mixed in so um, a lot actually I'd, I'd say this feels like a german production designed to be attractive to an international audience well obviously. you know what it also felt like it almost felt like it was like a test pilot for a series or something so i don't it wouldn't shock me to hear that they somehow turn this into a series later on or something like that um it, it just feels like it's got all the fixings to do that um but um, and I would just say just my my sort of overall feeling about it is that I think that there's some really good ideas with this and and unfortunately not the best execution, um, but it was still like a really fun watch. And so um, and, you know, it was it was I think, you know, we, we, we can talk about this when we like kind of go through um, our review, but um I did like the cast. I thought they were great. And there was like 
some familiar faces in there. Um, most no <laughs> most notably, Graham for me anyway. Uh, Graham McTavish. Um, you know, he it's, it's always kind of fun to see him in things, and it was kind of odd, like he wasn't in like a lot of this. Like he was kind. It sort of almost was like they had wasted him a little bit in this. Yeah. Um, but it was still nice to see him nonetheless. Um. He's a little bit one note, isn't he, as an actor? I, I mean, I only know it's, him also from uh, Outlander, I think it's called. Yeah, but he's, where he's like he's, Uncle Dougal. He's kind of the same dude in, in everything. I mean, yeah. he's he's what it, it's what it is. He's a bit of an angry grandpa. Yeah. And he's just, he's kind of always that way. Yeah. But yeah, he bookends this movie. He's like there at the beginning, kind of being curt with people. And then he's there at the end also. Well, being curt and then incredulous. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, you know, I always appreciate his facial hair because he uses it to oh, beautiful to, to good effect. Um, so I, I really um, I really like him a lot. So anyway, um, other standouts in the cast. And also, we should mention not only directed by Peter Thorvarth, but also written by him and conceived of by him on apparently on a flight from Europe to the US. Yeah. He like had this idea while he was on that flight because I guess, you know, he's like, I took off at nighttime and I landed at nighttime. It's amazing. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> so this is therefore... a, and this is a theme that like they have a whole thing about that, um, which is kind yep. of funny. Um, but it uh, also, yeah. it definitely has like a bit of a snakes on the plane vibe, which- Oh, very much, which, Th thematically very much. Which by the way, I have never watched because just hate them, um, but- <laughs> The snakes or, or bad movies? Hate hate snakes so that's not something i was gonna watch although so when i saw the 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 premiere not the premiere the trailer for this i could have sworn the female lead was numi rapace the actress from uh the girl with the dragon tattoo movies i could have sworn it was her but no i was i couldn't have been more wrong that's like me thinking that um freaking jason momoa was in the uh snow piercer tv show <laughs> which absolutely he wasn't uh it's a german lady named perry baumeister uh and i don't think i've seen anything else with her in it but um she, I think, does as good a job as you can with a lot of prosthetics and, and some grunting. There's a fair amount of grunting from her that has to happen in the middle of the film. And then Dominic Purcell is, to me, the most recognizable member of this cast, in a way, to an American audience. You know, Uncle Dougal uh, being accepted. Dominic Purcell was the big, beefy uh, terrorist leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know and, he's got that, yeah. and he's got that voice. He has a very deep voice. I don't think his voice is that deep in real life, but uh, he was in Prison Break and he's in Legends of Tomorrow, I think, which is the DC, like, um, you know, C-list villains hmm. TV show, which I haven't watched much of, but I know he's in that. Um, and so it was, it, it was kind of interesting to see him in this. And and then Alexander Shea uh, is the uh, German is another German member of the cast who has a very fairly large and significant role. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk a lot about him um, or not a lot about him, but um, this, we'll talk about the, the terrorists, so to speak. Um, Terry's. Uh, yeah. Like it's anyway. Um, so let's, let's set the table here. So, you know, I do think that the, I loved like the kind of idea of this where they kind of set it up. I will say like just at the outset they're like the way that they sort of have this whole scene, the, the opening scene begin, um, you know, they got this little kid, Elias, running around an airport with luggage. And I will say, oh, no, the first scene of this film is actually oh, sorry. like all that luggage stuff is a flashback. Most of this film is a flashback. Right, right, right. And then sometimes you go flashback within flashback. Right. And we should, and talk, so they've decided, we should they, talk about this because that is like, yeah. 
you know, it's not everybody's favorite way to watch stuff. We've definitely complained about it when they do this on on shows and and movies in the past. It didn't super bother me this time. It didn't super bother me, but it just felt like really kind of sloppy and disjointed. Um, and the the pacing of it was kind of odd. But you're correct. Like the opening scene was actually like the you know all this stuff happening, and then they kind of reconstruct it as you go through the the film. Um, but this is with um. Um, Mr. McTavish doing his best to look authoritative and there's a whole sort of emergency where, you know, it's a plane making an emergency, emergency landing and, you know, it, it's pretty obvious what has happened or that something has happened and, you know, the, audi- the audience is kind of left to make, draw their own conclusions. Um, you kind of see this person in the cockpit, like he had a kind of bumpy landing and then you see him um, kind of hiding and there's just like a lot of you know there's also a lot of yelling like you know like okay get close to the plane and well and mctavish really yeah. wants to kill everybody yeah, he like he wants really... to kill the guy in the cockpit he doesn't know who that guy is right like when you when you realize how little they know about what's happening here uh the, the fact that he is so trigger happy to kill the guy flying the airplane is kind of bananas well it's bananas and then the end is even more bananas when you think about that so yeah. um you know, and they send like a whole team toward the plane, you know, something's definitely weird. Um, and then you've got this little kid shimmying down this rope in a way that's super bizarre. Um, and, you know, I obviously, you know, my mind is like, oh, there's something wrong with this weird little kid. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, you know, and you, you're kind of waiting for things. So I feel like they kind of set up this level of suspense. They did, you know, like a, a, a good job where you were kind of like waiting for the other shoe to drop with the kid. But balancing balancing Elias's introduction as he like shimmies down that I think it's a parachute that he climbs yeah. down to get out of the airplane. Um, and then he kind of he goes catatonic. Right. He like doesn't speak until the end of the film, yeah. which is also who knows chronologically how much time he spends just being non-responsive. Right. Uh, he's taken like immediately to this um, clearly British or Scottish lady who speaks German with a with an English accent, to, uh, who's trying to like get information from him about the the, the hostage situation, uh, but he's not answering. And then, which which is frustrating because he has all the answers. <laughs> he can he can uh, he he could start raising the alarm about what's going on on the plane immediately, right? Well, it must be morning. He could, it can't be that late. He could, but like he also, I mean. He's been through a lot and oh, well, yeah, also certainly. who is going to believe him? And like, it seems a little crazy to be able to convey this. So I kind of felt like, but also he's catatonic. I will also say that like at one point I had to like pause this and come back and I forgot that like what screen it was on. And it's like, it's like, it was, it was basically a still of him being all catatonic and, you know, I, I enlarged the screen and I was like, whoa, this kid is whoa. like creepy looking. Oh, <laughs> so they did a, a good, a, they a did a good job child. with the makeup. Uh, um, but anyway, as far as, as far as who's going to believe him, you say that, but this film also does make a choice to have people know what vampires are, right? This is it's like, we, this comes up in, in our genre a lot. A lot of these movies happen in universes where there are no such thing as zombies, like uh, the walking dead being example number one, right? Um, or any any Romero project ever, but in a when they decide to make the the monster a known entity, people know the rules, and clearly Eight Ball knows the rules in this movie because he's sharpening stakes very quickly after he puts it together later on in the film, right? Right, but I think that that's one of the big holes in this plot is that it's not 
other people don't believe him and it's unclear why he's able to get there so quickly. Like it's, I mean, maybe he's just totally psychotic and eight ball. It, oh yeah. Clear. I mean, and, they did a good job of making that. Dude and he was, insane. but he's, he's so crazy in a way that it seems unreal that the others wouldn't have taken him and like, wouldn't take him out ASAP, you know, like they don't need him anymore. Why on earth would they keep him? But, um, but that was sort of weird to me, even how, they had him put it together. So it wasn't clear to me that this is a universe where everybody knows what they are um, or it's just some weird psychotic guy has managed to make the leap. Um, and then others believe as they see, obviously, specific things happening. But he yeah, I mean, Fareed also makes the argument like when they're talking about going, getting on the radio and talking to the airport, he's like, what are we going to tell them that we're on a plane full of vampires? They'll think we're crazy. So Yes, like they're they're playing it from both sides. And I guess, you know, if, if anybody were to get on air traffic control uh, modern day and say, I've got a plane full of vampires, they'd probably be like, sir, take your medicine and, and you know, get off the radio, I, I imagine. Yeah, I feel like they did a great job in sort of um, giving you that suspense piece and withholding certain information and um, at least at first making the audience believe one thing and it's sort of like definitely a little bit of like uh, misdirection um, because they do the, the flashback with Elias and very much it feels like his mom Nadja is uh, dealing with cancer and she's going to get treatment in the United States like it all feels but it's also a little weird I mean they got Elias running around this German airport dropping off luggage on his own and by himself and what yeah. I was gonna say is that it feels like a little odd that you know nobody would note this I know Europe is a little different but like finally his mom like shows up and and you get that she's sick and you're like oh okay well maybe that makes sense is that he's just kind of used to taking care of things for her because she isn't feeling so well and all that fun stuff um and, you know, she's got drugs that she's supposed to take, which could be like heavy duty um, painkillers or whatever. She's definitely clearly suffering. So um, I definitely I'm you know, I felt like they did a great job at making it appear like what she was dealing with was like this long term illness and that this was the whole purpose. So that that was like a nice little setup. Didn't like what did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I'd seen the trailer, so I kind of like there was no. There was, I always knew exactly. You know, like, plus no. you see her with the, with her, I mean, she's bald in a way that looks maybe different from, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I you're supposed to think she, I saw the trailer like too, but I was trying to sort of put myself in the, the spot of somebody who didn't know what was coming maybe. Yeah, they do make her seem really sick. She's really shaky. Like she actually seems like she shouldn't be flying. Yeah. Um, and, and Fareed is introduced during these scenes too as like the kindly, kindly stranger who's helping the kid lift his heavy luggage and uh, and then talking to him about <laughs> and Elias gives him a lecture on how that how it's going to be nighttime yes. when they land. Clearly, the filmmaker, the director is like really into this idea. Um, yeah. And then I also liked a little bit, the, the, a little bit of like, you know, they, they introduce you to some of these characters like eight ball. It starts out as like a like a flight attendant, and you're completely you're like, unsuspecting. You're, I did not. I, I did and not see. That I one liked coming. the interaction. Like there's this obnoxious passenger, and you know the other flight attendant was like, "Can you go take care of him for me?" We they also with very little like dialogue or just like it's clear that he's new, so nobody else you know none of the other flight attendants know him. They're just like, "Oh, he's a stereotypical like uh, gay guy, and like he's going to take care of this," and he does like a great little like uh you know i'm taking care of business here like he plays the flight attendant like role really well 
Um, and so I was, I was like, definitely impressed by that part. The Scottish guy and that, uh, female flight attendant are two examples of what this film I think does pretty nicely, which is having just a massive comparatively massive cast of extras with speaking lines. Um, and so like that Scottish businessman has multiple repeat lines to the point where you kind of understand his character, Mm -hmm. Um, the, the, that flight attendant, not as much, but then as the film goes on more and more people have speaking lines yep. and, and you like, as other people like disappear off of the cast, more people are introduced. Yeah, it's and interesting. that's, it's interesting because this film also feels a little too long. Right. And I think you, you said it drags a little bit and it does, it's two hours long. It feels a little bit too long, but during that ride, you get to meet all these new people over and over or not over and over again, but again and again, you're meeting new people. And I think that that's an interesting thing. Yeah. They to do with the time that even have. with the main you know and they intersperse us with some of the main cast but they've got you know you have the doctor lady you've got the family with the two young daughters you've got the grumpy old guy and his wife um yep. and you i mean they, you're right they're like sort of minor characters in this bigger cast and they each get a little bit of a highlight which is different than you normally see um mm-hmm. and I will say, I think two hours was far too long for this particular film. Um, but in any case, and I and I kind of felt like it was weird because to me, there were very clear things that they could have edited, right? Like like it like the the things that kind of dragged on. It was almost like repeats of the same information, basically. I, I'd like to talk about that a little more when we get to that point in the plot. But I do think that it afforded them ways to show that the plot wasn't gonna wasn't gonna yeah it was a little bit repetitive but it was also showing that the, the vampires tried to overcome them once and didn't succeed and it took you know like and then they reset and then it took a another act for right. that to i don't know I, I thought there was some interesting things that they were doing with it but i do i also agree that it was lengthy uh, another another curveball that the um directors and writers did was showing the um what we find out to be air marshals, like nodding at each other. I'm like, ah, oh, those are the Terry's. And I was wrong again. Yep. You know, it was like, those weren't the Terry's. Those were the good guys. Yep. So I thought that that was a fun little twist. This movie did that a few times. Um, and then it became a different film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was kind of like the beginning of the film Airplane, but just took a very different direction. <laughs> so this movie starts going off the rail, not off the rails, but so once the air marshals are taken out, as soon as you know that they're air marshals, they're basically all dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find out that 8-Ball is not the, well, we didn't know his name was 8-Ball. I don't know what we thought his name was, but um, Stefan or something, yeah. like the flight attendant. He it turns out to be a stabby guy and really enjoys stabbing people. And, yeah. and we already see the dynamic between him and Carl, uh, who Carl's always being like, dude, stop stabbing that guy so much. And eight balls like, I'm going to keep stabbing. Yeah. So this is the, the problem I had with the eight ball character is that he even from this very like. I get that they were going to escalate They're They're going to move really quickly, but they did it in such an extreme way. Like his level of craziness is so over the edge. And so like, if, if, you know, their, their goal is to take over this plane to keep people like in their seats and whatever, like he's going so far off the rails 
that I feel like there would have been much more outrage. Like the at some point, the passengers are going to like, you know, they're not going to just be totally scared because this guy's going totally nuts. Um, like and he's out of control. So as I said, it seemed unreal to me like not i felt like one of the other people would have taken him out there was no reason to keep him alive um to as far as like they didn't make him into this character where he was key to whatever plan they were doing the one time he did prove himself to be more effective was when he picked the uh the most effective hostage to get the cockpit open Right. right even though that was horrible but you you don't see uh the boss say no take a find a different person he uses that yeah that hostage um so i think that's where the boss terrorist um, dominic purcell sees eight balls value is the fact that he is a complete psychopath in that instance that made sense to me it's like okay he chose this he chose this person but in all of his other actions he's so far over the top um from even from the get-go from when like they're taking out the air marshals to um when you know and they they keep like the the boss guy keeps telling him to like calm down. He's not. So it's sort of like it just, just a total like wild dog loose on this plane, basically. Um, yeah. And then it obviously, Definitely. obviously leading to, you know, when he brings up Fareed um, and the other guy who, who ends up being like the aeronautical student um, and he brings them up to translate the Arabic message. Um, like, because, you know, that, that to me was like, um, he was so far over the top that again, I just felt like they would have taken him out of it and they wouldn't have been letting him interact with people because he does seem to be just totally crazy. Um, and, you know, and all of them kind of give these like knowing glances to each other or say, Oh, remember when you did, you know, like, Oh, that crazy guy. And, but it doesn't feel like, any of them would have trusted him enough. I feel like somebody would have incapacitated him, but I guess you need him to kind of keep the action going. It just was to me a little too far over the top to make this like a compelling character. Um, Or, and I mean, look, this movie is over the top. I think it's supposed to be over the top and cheesy, but this felt so like kind of far out of line that it kept taking me out of it. Like, oh, this guy is just a little too much. Um, and then that's even leading up to the point where, you know, Nadia is, is running after her son and then gets like taken out by him and in a really screwed up way, you know, um, just a really just outsized reaction. Um, what did you think about it? I, maybe am I too bothered by it? I mean, I guess I guess he has to keep the momentum going, but it just felt a little too like it was like somebody kept riling him up and he was like, oh, you think I'm going to take it to here? I'm going to take it to like there, you know, <laughs> just like totally like everybody else was acting on a different plane than him, I guess. I thought his his character was necessary, um, as you've said. You need you need the unpredictable guy to to drive that drama forward. And if he hadn't shot Nadia, she might not have ever revealed the fact that she's hiding this you know terrible secret. Um, of course, she's also dealing with a Carl a Carl Grimes type son who runs off in the middle of a hostage. So situation. it's funny that you say that. I was like, never in the house, <laughs> Elias. <laughs> yep, Elias does not listen to grown-ups. No. He, he runs off more than once during this movie, um, to, for you know, for good with good results and bad. And this first time, definitely bad. His mom gets shot three times and is left for dead. 
Uh, we've also started having the her flashbacks even before the hostage situation started. She was starting to have her flashbacks of their snow day, mm-hmm. which is funny because she has these photos of the snow day that, that she sees that remind her of that day. And then that's also the day that she was turned into a vampire and her husband was killed. So it's like a little bit like, wait, you went and got your photos developed. After that? I was then- thinking that, too. I'm like, who keeps like a photo of that? like that would probably be a really traumatic photo to have just hanging out but i mean last time together i guess as a family but still it does feel a little bit like um you couldn't have picked a day or two before (laughs) but but uh so yeah so we've started we're starting to get our flashback within a flashback um to show the day she she gets turned and i think the the balance of it kind of gets played out a little bit during the middle of the movie yeah um oh but just going back to like when she gets shot by by eight ball so i thought how they were going to play it is that he like accidentally shot her didn't just totally like go trigger happy like i thought they could have played it in a slightly different way so that's my only objection to that um and then you know with the flashbacks the snooty flashbacks like again it, like like you it didn't bother me so much that they were doing them it just more bothered me that there was like so many of them and um and i think that there were other parts probably if i was going to edit something out of this it would be some of the action scenes on the plane um you know i do like the sort of ramp up to when it's revealed what she actually is. Um, And they do this in conjunction with the flashbacks. And I thought that was well done, you know, just kind of revealing what happened to her husband, what happened to her. Um, It's a little bit of a slow burn to get there. And then when they get there, it's like, Oh wait, okay. So this is, she's all like full on in vampire. And I thought that was kind of a cool thing to do. Um, What I, again, the thing that was jarring to me was just how quickly eight ball figured it out um i do as horrible as it was i thought that the whole thing with the dogs was a good touch only from the point of view where she tried to make it as if the dog had attacked people you know she was de- she was definitely trying to sort of thing throw the sorry throw the other terrorists off the scent um, but she couldn't trick eight ball because he's got the uh, intuition of a of a complete psycho right apparently um yeah. but and but that the, her coming out of the cockpit after all of that back and forth and and you know the terrorists were about to jump out to go god knows where because we never really find out what their whole plan yeah. was which is kind of a funny element of this movie um but then they start turning the plane around because she's desperate to head west mm-hmm. and turn the plane back towards europe and she uh, and then finally, the the little girl hostage is held up uh, in front of the cockpit door, which was a ball's choice. But then she can't take it anymore. She still has she's been drinking some blood right at this point, but only animal blood, I think. Yep. And Elias has been like, oh, you've been drinking blood. You got to take your medicine. Yep. I don't know that she gets a chance to take much of her medicine after this. It's pretty much just blood, blood, blood. And I think in the uh, mythos of this story the more blood you drink the less human you are and she has only managed to hold on to like her you know her ability to speak and stuff because she is extremely uh she's taking these this this clear liquid which i don't know that we ever get identified and i don't know like she just steals it out of the other vampire's fridge at one point and you're like all right i guess that's a thing now she knows that that's her medicine um but i think that that's kind of an interesting element to this movie i don't know that she could come back at some point from when she keeps drinking the blood you know do you, did you ever get a sense of that i don't think they went too far into it i do think that eventually we see a flashback with the older vampire guy like his son got killed um that was the one who bit her 
And he basically implies that, you know, as time goes on, it's very hard to fight against whatever this is. Um, And it seems like he's okay, at least fairly okay and within his senses, but it's kind of a losing battle. Um, I do think that part of her reason for trying to keep control is Elias, obviously. And I do think one of the best scenes was actually one of the flashbacks where, you know, she's discovering what's happened to her um, at like after long after she, you know, got bitten and, and whatever. And, you know, she's got her baby and she's trying to like feed him and stuff, but he looks like a tasty snack. And yeah, so yeah. she's trying to like fight against that will. And so I think that, her willpower is incredible but i don't think that there's like there's only so much you can do and and i think elias is very cognizant of that like the more that she's um sort of attacking um these others and the more that the more that she's taking in the the less human she's becoming um and you know i think he takes heart in the fact that she has managed to hold on to her willpower and there's even like moments like with um like uh freed and um even with some of the other passengers where she looks like terrifying um one of the funniest things is when she rescues the little girl and she's like i'm not gonna hurt you and she looks like absolutely terrifying and the little girl of course goes running back into the the rest of the plane but so i thought that those were kind of like dark humor um a little there's a little bit of dusk till dawn some sort of um happening like some of that sense of humor um but i don't know that they always were striking the right balance um but there there were definitely like i liked how she was a a one vampire army basically um and you know she's she's also pretty like there are definitely scenes of her uh, exhibiting signs of weakness i guess she does shoot up some medicine in the bathroom after she initially fights the terry's back Mm -hmm. Um, uh, but then freaking eight ball gets a syringe of her blood because he's able to well he, he flashes her with the uv flashlight yeah. uh and then uh takes a syringe of her blood and you're just like oh my god this is yeah, bad idea. I mean, it's kind of tropey um i'm trying to think of examples of this in other films but there's definitely examples of like the psycho taking yep. the uh the superhero serum or whatever i mean like hydra yeah. i guess is a good one but there's this happens a fair amount and you're you can see where this is going as soon as he has this idea. It's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but then that leads to some pretty crazy scenes like, you know, she tries to to do away with him in the car and burns him up. But then he has his master plan where he's just going to indiscriminately like take people and heal himself. And, you know, it, it's like I definitely thought that as I like. I think that there's some really cool elements to this. I think that even the sort of extra Scottish guy who keeps offering money to save his life and then decides to go and like offer himself up to the other vampires, um, hopefully so he can live. Um, you know, I thought that was a good twist and kept it going, right? Like mm-hmm. I thought that was a really good idea because you could totally, especially, we don't know that much about this guy, but we know that that's exactly something that he would do. Um, you know, he's, a, he's kind of a jerk. Um, th- that was actually the point where I feel like you could have just had the vampires come up the first time they tried to come right. up when um, instead Nadia manages to kill Hightower, the vampire ha- Hightower, mm-hmm. and then they lock eight ball vampire in the basement. And like it could have just done away with that and had them roll through the car of uh, the passenger compartment the first time that right. they came up. Uh, and then like the movie probably would have been a good 15 minutes shorter. Yeah, easily. 
Because um, there is that whole lull. But in that lull, you also get to meet like that young American veteran yep. who's got the gun now. And he's like, I'm here to help. And he has like some, you know, he's helping cut off Fareed's arm yep. and like tie him up. Uh, the doctor gets introduced during that scene where she starts to patch people up too. And there's just like a moment of quiet. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that that was interesting tonally but I can also see why that was frustrating for people yeah. who, and like Roger and Ebert, um, the website, their their review of this was like two stars. And they were like, this should have been shorter and it should have just been a dumb action movie. Instead, they tried to make it about relationships of like Nadja and her son. And and it should have been more action and less, less like quiet times. Mm. And I'm like, I don't know. I've seen that movie before. This was something different. And so I kind of like the fact that they took that pause in the middle. Yeah. And I actually think that, you know, my only criticism, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that it was a little too long and it was just some of the repetition in terms of the action. I think you're right. I don't think we needed like, like three or four sieges of the vampires. I think we get the point. Um, so that could have been edited down and you could have gotten them down on the ground um, and figured out, you know, and sort of continued this, this storyline. Um, I do think that, you know, there's an interesting sort of idea where the terrorists are basically making the seem as if this is um, like basically um, like, uh, like mi Middle Eastern terrorists, like just that trope and kind of blaming it. And, and it's like, people are making some assumptions about Freed because of that. Um, and, you know, it's, so there's like some themes in there um, where they're sort of playing upon people's biases. Um, and, but, you know, I think that those relationships, the relationships with her and her son, also with like some of the other, you know, the people and their kids on the plane. Like I thought they did a pretty good job at that relationship building, given that there were some very brief moments with different characters. So I think if you yeah. had taken that out, it would have been just hollow. Um, True. Of course, you know, that little girl who she managed to save from the hostage situation at the cockpit door most i mean absolutely is dead yeah totally uh, by the end of the movie like <laughs> well, we, won't dwell, of, we won't dwell on that but um, the movie doesn't dwell on that either like you don't get any more shots of that little girl but you just know that as a, somebody who gets to the end of this movie you're like oh god they're all dead um and i do think that one of the best scenes is the scene where uh like the final death match between nadia and april um, and we've got, you know, we've got Elias involved in this whole thing. Um, the door's been blown off of the airplane and, you know, it doesn't look good for Nadia. Like psychopath dude is really like just, uh, like taking her, taking her down. And then, you know, there's, he's trying to get Elias and she like, th there's this whole little thing between those three characters. I thought that the tension was really great. And then yeah, I, it, there's an interesting dynamic too between the, the the very young vampires who are only like I don't know 20 minutes or maybe an hour younger yeah. than uh, eight ball and and also um, Nadia mm -hmm. like when she runs out of the cockpit the vampires run away from her yep, right because she's more um, senior I guess but is it is it an age thing or the fact that she's had more blood and it does seem like the more you drink the more powerful yeah. and insane you get uh, but popular like Anne Rice vampirism is all about age mm -hmm. right. Uh, like, and, but usually it's me measured in like hundreds and thousands right, of years right. rather than 15 minutes, 15 minutes of blood uh, drinking. Um, <laughs> but I did like, you know, I liked the payoff between the fight between her and eight ball. Like he's so, so unlikable. And so to see him like, 
and and they do a little bit of a jump scare like what they have like he pulls himself in <laughs> through the plane again like this yeah. guy just won't die and then you know you've got Fareed like like totally contributing to this because he's like yeah. watching the cameras and, and what about those effects yeah yeah I mean, I honestly like the more blood that the eight ball drank his his uh, makeup or whatever CG they were doing. And same with Nadia's. It got really impressive. Yeah, I no, thought. it looked great. I mean, that's to me, that's where a lot of where they were putting their money. Um, and then especially in the end, when he gets kind of like when the sunlight takes him out, it was like a really good moment. Um, and also just how inhuman she looks in, in this moment. Her mm-hmm. son still wants to like hug her, and that whole like scene between the two of them, where she keeps pushing him into the light, I thought was amazing. Um, really, a good moment, and um, you know, I, I I think that that was like a great way to sort of see like even even as far gone as she was, she still wasn't completely gone, and she knew she was like a danger to him. Um, and that was like a good way, I think, to like contrast that with the final scene. Um, so, uh-huh. you know, I do think that this, this, this end is the thing I probably liked the least because it was just so implausible. Suddenly like Elias is talking and he's saying insane things. And of course they think he's like in shock or just who knows what's wrong with him. They're going to like, he keeps asking for a Fareed and they keep telling him that, oh no, he's a bad guy, which I thought was weird. Um, because yeah, they have no idea. Right. They have z- and, no information on Fareed, and but they have his name somehow. Maybe they just have that from the manifest. But still, and and suddenly he he's had this teddy bear. Like we saw this teddy bear right. uh, at the beginning of the movie. It's like he climbs down the airplane with a teddy bear. He never had a teddy bear. No. You see, I th- I guess it's in that final fight scene between Eight Ball and his mother. I don't know. I don't remember where it came from. No, me neither. And then like you know that this is the Deus Ex Machina for oh, him. Yeah. That he's that he's got something in there. They never check it. Right. I, I mean, I remember even thinking that when the when the soldiers first pull him away from the plane at the beginning of the movie they're, I'm like they just give him a quick pat down they're like he's clear I'm like he's got a big ass bear with right. him. like, like you're haven't not, you watched you're not The Rock I mean come <laughs> on um sorry <laughs> thought that was pretty funny and then also like other other ludicrous things that happen at the end of the movie uh is Farid is getting driven away and there's a weird confederate battle flag hanging from the rear yeah. mirror of that truck I don't know what that was about in Scotland right filmed in Germany what the hell is going on here um so he's getting driven away and he keeps yelling for Elias and then after the plane explodes spoiler alert uh he, he gets up and he starts running for Elias he's like that boy belongs with me I'm like uh okay that's that's a stretch you guys have known each other for a couple of hours yep. Uh, and the soldiers just let him go. That's and what then, I'm going to say. Like, would yeah. they let him go when they're acting like this? I also noted the flag and I thought that, oh, gosh, is this going to turn into something really bad? Like with poor <laughs> Fareed being like destroyed. Is, is he not in Scotland after right? all? Is like it was like... really I was worried for him. So I, I it just was an odd detail. Um, that was really weird. And uh, set dressing. So, also, the fact that he got arrested instead of shot on site on the, in the right. airplane, I thought was pretty weird. Too. Yeah. And then at the very end. You know, he's like trying to embrace Elias with his hands and like, you know, he's he's and then they're like, ah, just let him go. Like uncuff him. It was just what? What What are you talking about? This whole thing just blew to high heaven. And like, you don't have any questions. You're just like including like two teams of your SWAT. I mean, they saw what was happening through their their helmet cams, but not in great detail. Right. Uh, But that was mostly just Uncle Dougal going, what? What What is happening? 
sounded like uh, Lieutenant Gorman from Aliens. I know. Epone! Gosh. So, (laughs) you know, I will say overall, I liked the effects. I thought that it was like, it was entertaining to watch. Like, I think it's a fun, it is, to me, it was like a fun action film to watch. Like, I don't, like even sort of my critiques of it are more just because it it had so much potential and I did enjoy it overall. Um, And I think that the makeup and her like evolution into what she is at the very end, like the last scene where he's looking at her, she looks so freaking cool. Like she's just totally, you know, they've got, they, and they've progressed it in a way that is just fascinating. I I thought they did an incredible job. Um, I also really liked the teeth and that effect. Um, and the things that they showed with that were super creepy. Um, and when they would roar would just get so beastial. Yeah. I thought that was an amazing effect and I'm sure it was CG. Oh yeah. But it looked so seamless helps that it was in the dark though, too, you know, like that the darkness helps a lot with that kind of thing um but still i thought that she and again probably the makeup hours in the makeup chair that she would have had to have dealt with it's probably crazy but i thought she did a great job um but overall i like i would be fine if this like there was some kind of a series like you know there's things to be explored in this particular world if you've got vampires going on like this so maybe that is something that you would see maybe this was a teaser um, to see if it, get, if it would get picked up by Netflix. It wouldn't shock me if they optioned to do something with it. So. Maybe. It does feel a little bit final at the end since all the vampires are blown up, including Mama. Um, and like Blood Red Sky, the sequel would, would have to be like, it would be really weird if it was another one on a plane. I don't know. Oh, I don't think it would be like this. I think what I was thinking is like the premise of a series is in like this world where, you know, that yeah. old dude and his son in the woods came from somewhere. You know, yeah, so yeah, unless they were the last two also. I mean, but also we can we can consider that Farid was bitten. Sure, they well, cut off his what hand. I was thinking but it was... is that maybe he's battling it and there's other stuff happening. So yeah. I don't know. There there's a little window open. Um, but you know, it's fine if it's just a little bottle episode of a film too. So um, yeah, and maybe it's better off that way, especially if the dude just had this idea while he was on a plane, he was like, that's his entire idea. <laughs> and maybe, maybe we shouldn't try to fit more in there. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I enjoyed it too. I, I really thought that this was good. I, I too think that it could have been a few minutes shorter, but then I think that I did like, like I've already said, I, I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I did like some of those other elements that they managed to fit in there. Yeah. And I thought I've, I very rarely see a movie that has, it, it does follow a certain formula, but it breaks from it to introduce all these other characters who I thought added a lot of depth and breadth and, and like color to the film. Yeah, I, I agree. So, so I'm, you know, I'm favorable to this film. Um, and, you know, I, I really like the cast a lot. And I'll say that they do seem like they're having a lot of fun. <laughs> Like they do. Um, so especially eight ball, especially eight ball. Um, is cray. So anything more to say on this one? No, I think that that wraps us up. Um, the question H A is, are we ready to start reviewing the final season of the walking? Dead? I think we should be ready. Let's do it. Please reanimators come back and join us next time on reanimated. We're going to be starting to talk about season 11, the final season of the walking dead television show prime. Uh, God knows there'll be plenty of other Walking Dead stuff out there uh, until they beat that dead horse and it reanimates. 
Uh, so yeah, get at us on Twitter, Reanimated Pcast. Email us with your thoughts about Blood Red Sky or anything at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. And show notes are at reanimatedpodcast.com for those. And until next time, ciao. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yes, thank you. And it's 300 episodes strong. Woohoo! <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye.